Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, by size where you receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be as involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Hello and welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast. Um, I've just finished watching actually the Nigeria England game, and I knew I was going to record the podcast on Monday rather than deliver it on a Sunday. But I'm actually glad I actually watched it, or sorry, recorded the the podcast on the Monday rather than on the Sunday, because I think I've got a whole new perspective based on, I think, what I was going to chat about before. And I was going to talk about the women's game, but I didn't think it was going to have this sort of, um, I want to say energy, but um, I didn't think I was going to have this perspective. I guess what I think I was going to say was going to be almost like a reflection or summary of what the Women's World Cup has been so far, which has been amazing, to be fair in regards to the type of football, or no, sorry, not the type of football, the football that's been played and the energy kind of surrounding the Women's World Cup. And the teams I want to shout, I want to shout out a few teams first and foremost. So I've just finished watching Nigeria. want 100% shout out our African um, counterparts, Nigeria, for their display throughout the tournament, their colour in regards to off the field, but also on the field as well. Um, I want to shout out Colombia. Um, definitely a big shout out to Colombia because they got forward and I forget her name. And I apologise for forgetting her name. And now hopefully I'll, I'll do a bit of research very quickly as I record the podcast and give her a shout out. Um, but I also wanted to mention Brazil, who for me, from what I saw, scored potentially the goal of the tournament, um, who were being knocked out, which I found really surprising. Um, and then there's Germany, who I think were one of the fancy teams in the tournament who'd been knocked out. And then there's also the US, who were one of the fancy teams in the tournament. And I think the previous two um, tournament winners... Yeah, the previous two tournament winners, they've been knocked out as well. And I guess that speaks to the the level of competition and the improvement in the women's game. And with that all being said, I actually went back to an article that I wrote in December 2020. And I'm going to read over it very, very quickly. The article was the growth and potential of the women's game. And I'm so, in some respect, I'm so happy that I, I wrote the article back then. Uh, because that was the state of the women's game then, or the position it was in. And I was quite sure the women's game would definitely have some growth. And I've guess. Not I've guessed. I guess in listening to the radio, because I drive pretty much all day, I get to listen to different perspectives and I guess I get I get to um listen to games and things of that nature. And I've seen the growth based on um either commentators or sorry, not commentators, more coverage of the game, which I think is fantastic. You've seen the game on on TV, you're hearing it on radio, and I think it's getting the 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 um the publicity it deserves. And I think it's funny because going into this World Cup, certainly in the UK there was discussions of regard, sorry, there was discussions regarding it not being being televised, you know, and then there was a lot of um um I think bidding wars and it being undervalued in some respect, you know, and I think the the, the tournament has I don't want to say over delivered, but it's it, do you know what? It's weird because I'm gonna say it's over delivered for me, but I guess what it's done is brought an excitement to actually want to know a bit more about the women's game. And I'm really, really happy that's happened. Um, so I'm going to go over the article that I wrote in 2020, December 2020. It was the, the 2nd of December in 2020. And the article was called The Growth and Potential of the Women's Game. So I'm going to read parts of it. Yeah, I'll read parts of it. So the women's game is growing. And following episode 29 of our podcast featuring Jennifer Cujo, I think there are so many layers yet to be laid on this cake. Amen. That is so true. So I think we're beginning to see that now. Our conversation evolved around infra- sorry, our conversation evolved around infrastructure, which I think is really, really important, by the way. In Africa, Europe, and the US, where Jennifer Cujo currently plays with Sky Blue FC. I'm unsure if she still plays for them. Anyway, according to UEFA report, there are now a total of 1.2 million registered female players across Europe, and that number of female players has been on an increase from 2012 with 
1,303. Incredible stats and progress. I continue by saying, I read an article via theconversation.com, which, said, which stated in part, given that most football clubs are now global brands, it's surprising that very little literature has been focused on how football club brands are built over time. And I think that's a really, really important point. And the reason why I say that is because I think people sometimes tend to be prisoners of the of the moment, you know. And where football was, for example, it said 2012, within, it would have, would have been in a place where it was actually growing, you know. like It was in a very early stages. Whereas... Even in 2020, when this article was written, you know, the there was we're almost like at, um, we're at the cusp of a moment, you know, where like um, you could feel something is growing and developing, you know, but there was also a bit of um, a bit of friction and um, yeah, a bit of friction in regards to still people pushing against the idea of the women's game, you know. But here we are now in 2023 with the Women's World Cup, or even pushing back to the England side actually winning the Euros. I think it was only last year, I think it was, or maybe the year before, but it wasn't that long ago. And now here we are in the World Cup, you know, and I'm looking at stadiums which are close to being full or full, you know, and I'm seeing a lot of, like, euphoria, and I'm seeing top football being played. Really, really good football, which doesn't surprise me, but makes me happy, because I think once the brand is 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 right by where the football being played on the field, I think you'll start drawing more people to the game. And... I say that because I've seen um, a lot of... So I'm involved in a few WhatsApp groups. And within those WhatsApp groups, a lot of people are forwarding messages in regards to um, um, job vacancies into the women's game. And that excites me because once upon a time, I don't think... Yeah, I want to say this WhatsApp group is predominantly with men. I don't think men would have been enthused to be involved in the women's game. And yes, it might give them an opportunity and 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 um, an opportunity to get into the men's game in some respect. But I think the idea, or you know, the actually, and who and who knows? By the way, that might not even be what they want. But I guess the idea that people, or even men, or men or people, are interested in or really interested without any without having any um any or cast in any doubt on the women's game that they want to get involved in it i think makes me really really happy makes me really happy with where the game is but i'll continue with the article in 2020 we're all aware of the elegance and dominance of european champions leon have had in club football but also the stardom of the u.s women's national team have had on the international scene and i think that is amazing as well because since 2020 i think i'm unsure whether leon have been in the champions league final i think they might have been in the recent champions league final but apart from that they haven't really featured in the final as much. And I guess Barcelona have kind of taken over the scene. Yeah, Barcelona, I think they've been champions two of the last three seasons, I think, and have been phenomenal. So I think that's good to see that the game is a bit more competitive. And even in regards to the women's national team, they've just been knocked out of the of the World Cup themselves on penalties by Sweden. So it's good to see that there's a there's 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 more teams who have developed, obviously, since 2020. So Leon, yeah, it's funny that actually, because Leon were like dominating the Champions League and likewise the women's and um, the women's um the US women's national team were dominating the scene as well. Anyway, continuing. It is with that stardom and influence in the game that has pushed the conversation as to investment and equality. I think we're beginning to see a bit more equality and I think we're definitely beginning to see a bit more investment as well. Hopefully we'll see a bit more of that in time. Ah, as I was saying, with presenters, commentators, pundits and much more, the game has moved into twenty first century. But not with the ease I might add, but is with a breath of fresh air. It is with a breath of fresh air. Today, I'm, I'm really happy with where the game is. A number of clubs in 2020 have launched or relaunched their women's women's division, speaking to its potential. I think at the time, Man United hadn't launched their women's team or, or going to relaunch their side, which is the reason why I said that. 
A lot of women players commit to their footy dreams while also maintaining a family and a career, working a traditional 9-to-5 and or having a family, working five days a week, training three nights a week and then playing on a weekend. I think that's changing as well. I, I, I do think that's changing. I think, I think as you come down the pyramid, I think things might be a little bit different and might share similarities with um, in the men's game, sorry, where they, they might be semi-pro but also have a job like a nine to five during the week as well. But I think that's changing. I think that's good. Football, lifestyle, and fashion go hand to hand. This was my twist on it, actually. And I think this is going to be interesting as to how things have played out since. Because I think there has been a push in this direction. But anyway, football, lifestyle, and fashion go hand in hand. And it's with that, in addition to being role models and much more, that we're seeing the evolution of the game. New equity. Influence with layers. Sport, entertain- Sport and entertainment is at the heart of our society. And social media is the extension of our personal brand and identities, to whom we create bonds with. Social media plays a significant role in the engagement of sport fans around the world. Social media connects clubs, players, and brands directly to the fans. And I think that is... Yeah, that yeah that couldn't be truer. Yeah, that couldn't be truer. Not only is the women's game the new and emerging market, women who own large market share of influence, speaking to millions of fans and users. It was published in 2020, July 2020, that more than half the globe uses social media, with an estimated 4.57 billion people around the world now using the internet. And of those, 346 million users have come from online within the past 12 months. This wasn't really the point I wanted to harper, harper on, but I'm going to get to, I'm going to finish the article and I'm going to touch on one or two things. The value of the fashion industry alone, especially in women's wear, is estimated to be over $600 billion, more than most leading industries. Women own large market share of influence and play a significant role as to brand exposure. Celebrities and social media influence are seen as a big contributor to where consumers are able to learn about new styles and designs. Today, we not only have players, but we have presenters, commentators, pundits, freestylers and influencers. The women's game is moving to the 21st century. And here we are. Clubs and brands not only buy into the asset, but the commercial potential and value. And the women's game is birthing stars. Historically, and not for too long, sporting magazines have centred on the football-loving male. Well, with the growth of women's game, that's about to change. No, sorry, do you know, on that subject, actually, um, I, I, yeah, because I was going to do this at the very end, I was listening to, big shout out to Jamaica, and I hope I mentioned him in the very beginning. I was listening to um, Marta, I think it was, who plays for Brazil, and I'm unsure whether she still has, she still has or had a start in birth in the Brazil side. But I was listening to her, and she was speaking in Portuguese, but there was um, English translation. Tra- English translation, And I think she was almost like, she was really emotional. I don't want to say she was crying, but she was talking about, she's so proud with where the game has come. Where, when she was younger, where she was playing football, she was told that, and I could be wrong with this part here anyway, that she shouldn't be playing football. But I think the point she was making is that she didn't have any role models to look up to at that given point. And I think she said her only role models, I think, were men. Whereas now, fast forward... Like the women, the women who are, let's say, younger than her or a generation below her in some respect now have her or other people to look up to, do you know, and that makes her really proud with where the game has come. And that makes me very proud, actually, because, yo, the game needs this, man. The game really needs women in the game. Anyway, let me continue with the article. It is unanimous that investment in football, sorry, it is unanimous that investment in women's football is needed. For the current generation and the next generation. Look at that. I didn't even plan on saying what I said there. And while it may have its detractors, it better not have any more. With its current trajectory... Sorry, let me start again. 
And while it may have its detractors, with its current trajectory, the future of women's football is bright. It may not be identical as the men's game, but whatever the future holds, I think women's football has incredible potential and future. Now, just very, very quickly, just in regards to that, I've, um, so I'm just going to finish up on this note. I was listening to, um, I've, so I've had a lot of talk sometimes, um, um, the irony really in some respect, on talk sport. And sometimes they say the men's game is completely different to the women's game and they don't want to draw comparison between the two. Well, like, I'll say two, I'll say, I want to say two things. I don't, I definitely don't want to draw comparison as to what's better and what's not better within the women's game. Because that doesn't really interest me in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I don't. What I don't want to do. I don't want to say the men's game is completely different to the women's game. They're both playing football, you know. And I think you can like you can like both. Yes, they might be different in some respect, but I think you can like both. And I don't want to say one game is completely different to another because I don't think it's football A and football B. It's both football. And I think that's the point I wanted to make. Really, um, I'm in love with the women's game. I'm enjoying it. I think I think it's really refreshing. Um, I actually wanted to come on here to begin with to talk about where Ghanaian, not even where Ghanaian women's football is as, as such. I think it's just it's just a shame that the Ghanaian national team, the women's team, are not involved because I think it's been a real festival of football, and I think it would have been lovely to have Ghanaian football, Ghan, Ghan, yeah, Ghanaian football, Ghanaians spoke about in the same light um, in relation to some of the other nations who have been there because I think there's been some really, really, really good expo- exposure. And I think it's been good for the game, and I think it's been good for those nations. Big shout out to Nigeria. Big shout out to Jamaica, um, um, for their performances so far. Obviously, Nigeria unfortunately go home, um, but I'll be rooting for Jamaica going forward. Like likewise, Colombia. Oh, I did not find the name of that um that Colombian, the Colombian woman who plays. She plays. She plays for Real Madrid. Madrid. Let me do that before I go. Real Madrid players, women. Please, she's really young. They're talking about she might be... That's her name. Linda Caicedo. Big shout-out to Linda Caicedo. I'm telling you, she's going to be a, um, a World Player of the Year very, very soon. In the next year, two, three years, no doubt, she'll become um, World Player of the Year, the Ballon d'Or for the women. Anyway, thank you for your time. Take care, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories and unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you've got any questions or queries, email us at teamgarnieu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at Team Garner U on IG or Twitter. Thank you, take care, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.